Hello everyone, this is Evan from Jokerman. From time to time, I get together with my friend John Tottenham, poet, artist, failed visionary, a man whose every attempt at glory ends in picturesque wreckage, to discuss the greatest band of all time, The Fall, The Mighty Fall Group. You don't really need to know a lot about them to enjoy their music. You just have to listen to all the records uh, all the time, interchangeably, and without any rhyme or reason. And that's how we've been doing these uh, occasional fall episodes, just picking ones that we like, and we like all of them. This is us talking about the 15th fall record. It's called The Infotainment Scan. It's from 1993. And I think that you're going to have a a great time. And if, if you don't, if this is a mistake for us to do these, it's one that we don't intend to learn from. We're gonna have a real good time together. We're gonna have a real good time together. We're gonna laugh and dance and shout together. We're gonna have a real good time together. Na 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 We're gonna have a real good time together. Hangover. I mean, we could play Scrabble, but it would be bizarre. If we're there'd be a lot of silences. <laughs> well, I could fill the silences with music. Well, I don't know about Scrabble. It seems like too much of a gimmick. I don't think it's necessarily going to work. Yeah, maybe not. I kind of want to play Scrabble, though, don't you? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I just I, I'm still on such a high from my 79 pointer. I don't think I can ever ever beat that. I, Right. Downhill from and it'd be really disheartening if you saw me just decimate you. Yeah, it was about fucking after time, isn't it? Um, um, well, we're here to talk about the infotainment scan. The uh, what? Uh, the fourteenth fall album. The fourteenth fall Maybe album. Maybe the fifteenth. From nineteen ninety-three. Yeah. Do you remember this record coming out? No, because I wasn't really listening to Fall at the t- the time. Uh, it was around that time that my taste started receding into the past and they didn't re-emerge for about 15 years. What were you listening to from Just, the past? Uh, old stuff, old blues and country mostly, almost exclusively. I sort of regret it now. I wasn't. I wish I'd seen the fall around that time. It would have been easy too. The Lost Years that you were just listening the to? The Lost Years is the story of my entire life. That's what my autobiography will ultimately <laughs> lost, be called. The Lost Years. Yeah. Then, and then your birthday and your and your presumed death day. <laughs> <laughs> this lifetime has been a bit of a lost opportunity. But is this record a lost opportunity? What do we think of? What do we think of it? What I, I think, think it's, it's a good. marvelous record. I, I think it. it's great. It's one of those records when you meet four purists, they'll say, oh, we only like the early stuff, we don't like crap like the infotainment scan. They've never listened to it. It's just as 
great as the early stuff in its own way. Who the hell says that? Oh, I've heard people say it to my face even, and I had to dismiss them as a result. Some idiot in Portland said it to me once. The sort what of thing of, like? The sort of thing a Portlander would say. I uh, I don't really think I have much um, of an affinity for the Northwest. No, me neither. But I, I endured living in Portland for two years, and I spent the entire time just in a state, just mystified as to what I was doing there. It felt like I was waking up in a nightmare every day. What were you doing there? That's a good question. Well, I went from New Orleans to Portland, and it was like going from the frying pan into the freezer. Complete opposite. But aren't there a lot of strip clubs in Portland? I've never, I don't like strip clubs. I only went, I went about twice. They do nothing for me. I'd rather look at girls fully clothed, honestly. Same. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lady Bird is the first track on the infotainment scan. Can we talk about the cover for, for a second? It looks like an acid blossom. Is that what it's supposed to be? I don't think so. What it is, is it's by Pascal Legras or Legras, you know, however you say it in French. He has done many fall album covers. You might recognize uh, he did the uh, middle, he did Middle Class Revolt. Oh, yeah. He, he's done countless live, you know, like weird live albums covers for them. He's done so many, actually. He, he did uh, Code Selfish. Got um, all the records from that era, then. Yeah. And uh, what's the other one? Code Selfish and... Shiftwork? Shiftwork. He did Shiftwork. And he, that's one of my favorite album covers of all. Yeah, that's a good it's, one. It's maybe my favorite album cover. Shiftwork? I love it. The the stars, like yeah, the sparklers. It's a, yes, it's beautiful. And this one is... Uh, it, it's this motif of... It's like blue, and then there's this kind of mirrored motif of these angels. Is that what they are? Yeah, look. I've never taken a closer look at it. See, look. On the back, you have a different version of it. But these ones have outstretched wings. Yeah. And uh, it sort of looks like some kind of cult symbol. This is also the sort of wallpaper-looking pattern is also the angel form figure just like kind of repeated and layered onto well it looks like a close up of some video game or something like a space invader or something yeah it's a great title the infotainment scan uh I've always been taken with that title because it's very funny it just it reminds me of it's just very redolent of Mark E. Smith's uh sensibility with words Never really thought about it. I've nothing. The, the infotain- infotainment? Yeah, but what's the scan part? I don't know. If it was scam, it would make more sense. But, I mean, it's not supposed to make sense. But what is Yarbles? You know, he just well, like. No, there's a lot of that. There's yeah, a lot of that on this very record. Yeah, he just says stuff like fact. that. You know, he just says these non sequiturs. Yeah. See the apple. See the apple let. Death to let. Well, and he says, sur la table. What is that? Sur la table on the table. Yeah, like the store, like the home goods cookingware store. Oh, sur la table. Is that in this song? Uh, it's on um, Lost in the Music. 
I think it. But it you didn't begins, write that. No, but it's a cover. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Lady Bird is the first song. Mm. Uh, we should listen to it. thought to that song I tended to skip over it in fact but when you read the lyrics it's uh, a lot more enjoyable as usual um, what are some of the lyrics I guess I have them here too on the uh, actually holding the record uh, maybe it doesn't have a, no there's no, no lyric sheet in here but um, the vinyl that I have clear it's a very pretty disc, actually. Check well, it out. Someone speculates that uh, it was a, it's about the Glastonbury Festival. Green grass, and then there's a, something about a band playing. Yeah, a big concert going down. People cannot see society had broken down. I sat upon the green grass, but it just brought me down. And the wife said, get up. And it just brought me around. He wasn't married at the time, though, was he? Was he apart from uh, Rex? Rick? Yeah, they'd broken up. Extricate had already happened. We're yeah. going in zero was a couple of records order. Earlier. We're not. We have no uh, <laughs> rhyme or reason, I guess, with <laughs> the uh, the way we're doing these things. Um. I think it's a pretty good song. I mean, the, the most striking thing is just the way it sounds. You no. Know? Like the uh, the actual sound of this album. It definitely just has a lot of synthetic sounds on it. Yes, very. But, you know, as we said, the full, whatever they're doing, it's a kind of parallel corollary of what music was going down at the time, but in their own special way. Like with punk. I mean, it wasn't punk, but... And what they did. And this is the same with house music. Well, they did a lot more of that with like jungle and like breakbeats later in the 90s. Yeah. Especially with like levitate. I forget when that comes out. Mm -hmm. What? Later. I really like the, I mean, the early 90s fall stuff is actually, I have a reverence for it. And I, I think this is kind of maybe the flagship record, at least for me, of like getting into 90s fall. Because... It just looks kind of um, like it might be something about it. I think when I first saw it, I thought this was an '80s record. I've always been very fond of this album. It's probably my favorite from that era, also. 
They were, as you said, they are all great. It's just one great one after another. Code selfish, if Code selfish and basketball. Those are great, and they have. Um, those are produced by Craig Leon. At least Code, guy? Code Selfish and um, Shiftwork, I believe, are produced by Craig Leon. And he has a great solo career of these really high-concept uh, instrumental tech, like, sort of electronic pieces that are based on this uh, particular strain of ancient mythology. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Ladybird, I don't know, Fly Ladybird. It's about a... Ladybird is British for Ladybug. Ladybug, yeah. Use your transparent wings. Get right out of The chorus is a bit corny, isn't it? I guess so. I think that's what always put me off it. Because it's Fly Ladybird. Um, So, you know, there's that Lee Hazelwood song, Ladybird, also. That's probably what he's uh, going on. Ladybird, come on down. I'm here waiting on the ground. Ladybird, I'll treat you good. Ladybird, come on down. I'm here waiting on the ground. Yeah, with Nancy Sinatra. Well, that's got to be it, huh? Could be. Um, I'm sure he would have known about it. And what about Lost in Music? Who's the originator? Sister Sledge. What's the deal with Sister Sledge? They're a disco. uh, You know, we are family, probably. He's the greatest dancer. Yeah, they were a family band. Sisters. And disco, yeah, kind of like chic. Good stuff. I like the original a lot of Lost in Music. Well, this one is... um, I think this one's good in its own right. Yes, it certainly is. Lost in Music by the Fall. No one who would have thought it. All these songs start exactly the same. They all have like a weird electronic... Bullshit. It's so funny how he just sounds like he's saying something really important while well, he's yeah. drunk. But nobody voices. Nonsense with such conviction as Marky Smith. But it sounds like the dying words of a drunk guy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he says is like, like come closer, like yes, closer, yes. and that he yeah. says it. <laughs> but he's just perpetually in that state. Wait, well, yeah, it's. Um,
Okay, hang on, I might be having a heart attack. What if I die on Joker, man? No, that won't be. I don't know, this is bad, huh? I had a premonition this morning. Oh? What about? Well, I don't know it was a premonition exactly. A certain ominous feeling. Ah, fuck. It's when I die on your podcast. <laughs> okay, it's past. That was good. It's just a bad case of heartburn. My goodness. Really? I've never had heartburn before. <laughs> just that crazy incessant kind of electronic racket that happens glam racket uh, actually yeah I, I'm, I didn't even mean to do that but racket glam racket is the next track are you gonna make it I think I'm gonna make it okay good because we're, we're only part way through this you know right It'd be a shame if we couldn't finish. I haven't given much thought to most of the songs on this record. I just like those three in a row. Yeah, we can be real about this, is that this is not really a record that we think too much about. It's kind of a record that you just put on, and uh, in, in the best way, I think it's kind of a record that I, I forget every time what happens on the songs and then I put it on and I, I realize I like all of them you like all of them pretty much there's some I have favorites with like there are favorites Glam Racket is not a favorite no favorite. not at all in fact let's skip it but I'm going to Spain is a is a absolutely favorite and yes, this is a cover too right yes it is by who who is it? The guy's name was Bent. Bent? The, Bent. Well, I mean, he had a first name, too. I'm not sure what it was, but... Wasn't he, like, like a, a dwarf, or am I just... Did I, I dream that? that? I sold my heart, thrown in my jar. I'm 24 years old. I think it's time that I saw the world. And I hate it. Yes, I hate the cold. And I'm just he had it, it was a hit, but it was on a record called something like the 30 worst songs ever that Kenny <laughs> Everett, the British DJ, compiled. The 30 and, worst uh, songs yeah. ever. Or 30 worst hits ever. But I haven't heard the original. Steve Bent. Yeah. I haven't 1976. Heard the original, but uh, uh, yeah. In the hands of. In their hands, it, there's something rather plaintively charming about it. Yeah, it's great. I, I mean, it's um, it's. <laughs> I'm 34 years old. There's a bunch of songs on this record where, where he depicts men in their mid 30s, which is probably what he would have been around the time. So Goes down to the dance in his mid thirties, etc. Yeah, 
um, gin service also the taking the dead leaves right so this this record does have service on it which is like best. your favorite song yeah I wonder if they can even hear us talking over this uh yeah I'm going to Spain has always been a favorite of mine um it's God, I, I kind of just forgot how many classics are on here. The League of Bald-Headed Men. I yeah. think of all the records, this one contains more of the things we <laughs> tend to reference to each other than any other record. Yeah. Like, of course, the next song. Yeah. Especially, but I'm going to Spain. Uh, I just always love the way he sings. Life just bounces. Wait, that's not on this. No, but it bounces. Life just bounces is no, but this bounces. All music bounces is what he says. Can you pass my notebook and pen? It's over. This is the last day of this notebook. What do you mean? It's not, it's that last. sounds ominous. No, dude. Look, you're just done with it. It's 136. No, I mean it's over. Wait, do you go the, Why do you go right to left? I go. I go. From the, I go upwards. I go upside down too. Why? I start at the bottom of the page. I don't know. Do you do that with everything? No. Just this one. The last words of Sam Bass, Sam Bass, the Western outlaw, was "The world is bobbing around." As he was dying, he said, "The world is bobbing around." Really? Yeah. Those were his last words. Where, how did he die? Being shot? Yeah. I just finished reading that book that you lended me. Yes. Uh, the, the Collected Works of Billy the Kid. I, I thought it was amazing. Michael Andace? Michael Andace, yeah. I mean, he's better known for some of his mainstream works, like uh, The English, the English Patient. Patient. What is that about? I, was, like, I don't know. I saw the movie. I didn't read the book. Every really. time I heard about that movie, I just figured it was like some Oscar bait. Yeah, it was. It was awful. Piffle. But <laughs> yeah, it's so I had no idea it was like the product of a. Uh, I mean, the, that book is amazing. The uh, last works of collected the, works, collected works. Well, you, you know the, yeah. uh, you know about my particular uh, yes, your lineage, a history with him. Yeah, my magical realist history with Billy the Kid is I am a, he is my astrological twin same sun moon and rising sign and on top of that when I was a young kid I was friends with this kid who was directly descended from Pat Garrett oh is that right yeah so like I'm I'm Billy the Kid's astrological twin and I'm friends with Pat Garrett's uh, progeny is that not odd What's his moon sign? Right. What's his moon I sign? I wish I could know. I, he, we completely same lost as track yours. of each other. No, no, yours. Oh, um, Your Scorpio. Oh, Scorpio rising. Scorpio moon. I don't understand that. Capricorn stuff. rising. Hmm. Sagittarius sun. Uh, I'm reminded of this because you mentioned the, the final words of that uh, other outlaw. Who was that? Sam Bass. Were yeah. they around the same time? Yeah. I mean, um, most of those outlaws were in activities during the same era. The uh, the uh, last words of Billy the Kid, I don't remember what they are. Well, well, well they're it's Kianes. Oh yeah, Criesta. Kianes. Who, who is, is there? Yeah, who's there? Well, hang on. Wasn't he visiting some friend of his who was in? He was in some other guy's bedroom, and Garrett yeah. was waiting for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. 
something like that. And he thought that it was uh, like it was. He didn't know who he was dealing with. He thought that like somehow this. Uh, I forget exactly the scenario. He was confused, and then was didn't someone sell him out? Like, yeah, yeah, like the coward Bob Ford or whatever. Something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah he was like kind of completely un. It was a cowardly way to do it because he wasn't given a fair shot. He was ambushed in the dark. Um, But uh, the closest thing that happened to me with my friend who shared the name Garrett was that one time I was at his house and he pushed me in the pool for no reason. And I cried. And then his dad (laughs) screamed at him and he cried and cried and cried and cried. And he was like, I don't know. He's like, I didn't know why I did it. So, take from that what you will. Well, Garrett and Billy the Kid were good friends. They used to gamble together. Yeah, there was a time when they were friends. Did you see... I recently watched The Left-Handed Gun, the film in in which Paul Newman plays Billy the Kid. No. It's quite good. He He seems too handsome, but... He, you you got to get someone like unconventionally. Well, they had Chris Christopherson do it in the seventies. It's not a good casting decision, but we might be screening that movie. Oh, I didn't even tell you this. We got accepted into a a, a an, another thing. The American Cinematheque no is doing a podcast festival uh, called Friends of the Fest, and I just found out today that we got accepted into it. So we're going to screen a movie. I don't know what at movie. At Los Feliz? Either at the Los Feliz 3 oh, or yeah. at the Arrow. What are you going to show? I don't remember what list I gave of potential movies, but they're going to tell us which one they can secure the rights to. How many movies you got? I if They said to send them five to ten options, and I sent them like, I don't know, eight maybe? What do you give them? I think I gave them Chelsea Girls, Pat Garrett and Billy the That's Kid. That's five hours long. Huh? It's about four hours long. No, it's not. The Warhol film? Chelsea Girls? Yeah. You're thinking of Empire. No, no, no. Chelsea Girls, it's really long. It's not four hours. It's pretty long. Also, the Warhol film uh, of the Velvet Underground, the, uh, a symphony oh, of yeah. sound. That stuff's hard to find. I'm... Well, I thought, it's like an hour long. I thought that would be cool. So is it all going to be uh, Jokerman related stuff, obviously? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll introduce it, or Ian and I will introduce it, but it's very exciting. We love yes, the American Cinematheque, and it'll mean that it'll be the second high-profile uh, Los Angeles screening by Jokerman Podcast in one month. What's the other one? Masculine Anonymous? Masculine Anonymous and 35mm at uh, on August 4th at Braindead Studios with Larry Charles himself. You know, there was speculation when that film came out that Marky Smith was in the film. Monster Anonymous. I don't know, there's some guy who looks like him in it. I mean, it's absurd, of course. Yeah, that's absolutely... That never happened. just wouldn't make sense. But uh, we haven't even been talking about It's a Curse, and the song's over. Well, we we can always go back. It's not over, actually. But it's fine. I mean, I don't even know if it's good for us to be, like, talking while it's playing. This is going to be the most rustic and unlistenable podcast. All right, we'll get rid of it. No, but you can play a little quietly. Yeah, I mean, this is their most motoric well, song. It's, it sounds like he's rapping over a Noi instrument. Yeah, a Noi beat. Noi type beat. Oh. 
Yeah, but uh, it has some of his best lines. Yeah, absolutely. It has, uh, I yeah, uh, Operation Mindfuck, I do not like your tone. It has an ephemeral whinging aspect. Operation Mindfuck, I do not like your tone. It has an ephemeral whinging aspect. And that's a classic Smith line that does it, that sounds great but doesn't make any sense at all. I think it makes sense. You always say that ephemeral winter aspect <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense. What, what yeah, because the whinging is irritating because it's always dragged out because people whinge at length. Whinging in it by its very nature is incessant. Yes, but, it, but an ephemeral, ephemeral whinging. But an, that means that means ephemeral is something. But transient. Come on, you're a poet. You know that this can be multiple things yeah, at once. Not, well, I feel like I've talked to people who have an ephemeral whinging aspect, and I've noticed it. It means that even when they're not complaining, it seems like they are. <laughs> and then when they do, it's just like inevitable. Like, of course. But like, then they'll stop talking, and every time they're not talking, it's just a ramp to, to say something. Punishes. Punishers. Punishers paradise. Well, punishers are often doing things where it's like just incessantly telling you stuff they think you're interested in. Which is, you know, good natured, but it can wear on one. This episode of Jokerman Podcast is brought to you by Factor Meals. Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. Folks, it's fall. Bob Dylan is going back out on tour. You might be running around all across the country trying to catch each and every one of these shows. And Factor Meals can help you do just that. If you're too busy to cook but want to make sure you're eating well, Factor will help you skip extra trips to the grocery store and all the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. If you're looking for calorie-conscious options, try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with no more than 550 calories per serving. So this September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. So head to factormeals.com jokerman50 and use the code jokerman50 to get 50% off. Again, that's code jokerman50 at factormeals.com jokerman50 to get 50% off. Namaste to our friends at Factor Meals. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad somebody did come up with that term, Punisher. I was thinking about it today, because it's so apt. Yeah. (laughs) No, this song does contain many of his finest lines and some very bizarre ones. Down there, long egg breath, cheap shaving lotion days. (laughs) The sandwiches stashed under their side seats, their frog-like chins ready to burst. He's laying into critics again, isn't it? You know, who is that interesting-looking hack over there? As if a hack could possibly be interesting. As if a journalist could possibly be interesting. And the look-back bores, of course. The what? The look-back bores. The look-back bores? Yeah, I mean, that's... B-O-R-E-S? That's a, that is a line that is... The look look back bores. It's a curse. Yeah, the look back. Uh, that's embedded in fall law now. Yeah, is I mean, it? Pe- yeah, people who 
people live who in the are early, past, who live early in the past, fast. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's people the opposite the of Jokerman. Uh, Jokerman mindset is yeah. the look back bores, and that's something he was always railing against. That's so true. The look back bores. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're all look back bores in some way, but not really. No, I mean, in spirit, Jokerman mindset would be uh, to to. Uh, know what you're looking at now that's the only reason to look at the past with any like obsessiveness is so you can better understand what's happening in the moment well he was always forging ahead breaking new ground i mean never he never even played his old songs Uh, very occasionally he would who yeah i mean they always played new work yeah it's true the audience grew to expect that same with dylan and same with uh, Per Ubu, with uh, David yeah. Thomas. When I saw David Thomas, I've talked about on the show already, but he, it, it, there was no drum kit. He didn't play the hits. I mean, if he did, they were like completely altered versions. That's uh, that's what you call a true art, artiste. Yeah. It's, it's a Curse is, is one of the best songs on the record. And one of my favorite fall songs. I End agree. Of the day. Definitely. Shafted over, shafted over, shafted over, it's a cost. Shafted over, trying to bolt out of it, waiting for you, it's a cost. I tell ya, it's a cost. Um, and then Paranoia Man in a Cheap Shit Room. Again, it's about... Yeah, it's sort of about dust, the Dostoevsky and Underground Man, isn't it? When girls pass, he puts his head down in the street, shakes in the chemist while buying his vit, his vitamins. His vit. Yeah, vits, vitamins, I guess. Vitamins. In the chemist, yeah. The chemist and vitamins. These are things that... That's British culture for you. Male, white, mid to late 30s, going down fast. (laughs) Is that relatable to you? Did you feel that way in your... What were your 30s like? I need to be prepared for this. 30? Well, yours are going to be better than mine, don't worry. Well, Uh, what what do you mean? I don't know. The world is getting worse in many ways. Yeah, but... Dissolving by 
has been a replica shitter. It's crazy for anybody to try and make sense out of Smith's lyrics. But, but, the, the, but give it a shot. Well, hey, it says here the title is probably a reference to the Twilight Zone episode, Nervous Man in a Four Dollar Room. Oh, it absolutely is because he also has kicked sense. the can. Yeah, and right. he's got a, a time enough at last in the same era. Yeah, and on this record, A Past Gone Mad is, is, from, is from a Marvel comic, same as uh, Laughed at the Great God Pan. A Marvel comic? Yeah, Doctor Strange. There's a cover, there's a cover, it's on the cover of one. It was called A Past Gone... No, maybe it was a Spider-Man, it was a Spider-Man, Man. yeah. Spider-Man, A Past Gone Mad no, is sorry. a Spider-Man reference? Yeah, well, no, it's a reference, it was the title of a Spider-Man comic. Look. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. A past gone mad. Spider-Man versus Doctor Doom. Marvel comics used to be like actually interesting, like uh, creative objects because they were just made by some Jews who were just kind of like making it up every week, and it didn't have to really connect to everything else, and it wasn't like a glossy endeavor. It was just drawing crazy shit every every couple of days oh, I was I was very much uh, into it when I was a kid so I was too but I, I really just started I to wish I'd it. held on to it I had the first first edition of the Silver Surfer I probably sold it for 10p so I could buy I wonder a, how much that goes for now buy a Bowie record or something it probably goes for a lot now if it well, yeah it'd be cost a fortune maybe a couple of thousand at least. Yeah. Even nowadays, I will open an old Spider-Man uh, Spider comic or a Marvel rag from... They have such a peculiar smell, so distinctive. It will take me right back to my childhood. The, the, the ink? Yeah, the, my, my Madeleines. Your ma yeah. <laughs> Paranoid Man in a Cheap Shit Room is sampled by Death Grips. Never oh, yeah, you told me about it. Uh, I think that it's sampled on uh, some song on their last record, uh, Ear of the Snitch. Uh, as of this recording, I think that it's uh, the song Ha 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 features a guitar sample from this song. If memory serves. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, anyway, it's a good song, and we all feel that way from time to time. But now it's the next song, which is, I think you have to take the floor. Cause it's I like don't have much to say about it. What do, you, what do you like about it? Service. It's very uh, rich and evocative for some reason. He really can't... I never even looked at the lyrics before just now, actually, and I didn't realize the first line was, uh, why do you have a cloud in your eye? It's a great line. Why do you have a cloud in your eye? Why do you have a cloud in your eye? Right. Piano's lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it is kind of, it is very evocative. Got my hat, my corny brown leather jacket. Downstairs, got my hat and my corny brown leather jacket. Streets, great claim for a change. Must have been the way. Thought transference. And that's 
strikes as an odd balance of feeling wistful and autumnal but also having kind of like a, a pretty incessant beat and uh, sounding kind of garish like everything else but it, it feels like uh, yeah it's like the feeling of walking through a, a trash strewn uh, shitty day in town uh, while thinking about various things yeah I mean it's definitely uh, seems to be walking around every man jack wants to be what he is not I think they could man jack is one word probably every man I thought it was every man yeah man jack a man jack isn't it a laborer or something an every man jack a man jack no it's an army term it's an army term for a for a private or some low, some soldier of the Little rank. boys are taking over. They mumble through the grass. They are not fit to be in the company of vulperines and wolverines. I don't know what he's on about with that. No. And then he says, why do you have a cloud in your eye from infotainment? That's the last line. Infotainment. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier, too. Why do you have tears in your eyes for infotainment? So this is an interesting reference to... Uh, I mean, the title comes from this song. Infotainment Scan. Yeah, yeah. So I think the infotainment scan, if it's about it being in your eye, is like uh, that you're scanning the world having been corrupted by infotainment. You're seeing it through the clouded eye of infotainment corrupted vision. Something like that. Is that a fair guess? Yes, very fair. I like that one. This man in and this man in digs with me would spit out two or three teeth a night on the floor. You know, in digs, what these is that? are roommates. Or, uh, in digs, yeah. yeah in, this, in the same we'd house. spit out two or three teeth a night. Hey, cloud in your eye. Yeah. He it's barely audible him saying from infotainment at the end. Um then we have the League of Bald Headed Men. I feel like you mentioned this one a lot, but maybe it's the other thing where he says something about nothing worse than a bald man. That's from the song M fifteen or whatever it's called on, on the last class, record we talked on about. Middle Class Revolt. Oh, no, I th- it's on Middle Class Revolt. Yeah, he says there's nothing worse than a bald man. I think he had a fear of going bald that he never realized, in fact. Well, he never went bald. No. As far as we know. I don't think he were I don't think he would have. No. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't see this type. Um... Well, I, he, I certainly like, threw, he certainly let vanity go towards the end. Yeah, well... I mean, he embraced dec- decay, if you like. I'm not, embra- I'm not embracing but decay. He, you can embrace mine if you want. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you had that one? Oh, it's new. 
you're never Sinodal, going bald, so. Um, I'm going, I'll go bald. See, yeah, but I'll you're going to be successful, so it's okay. Am I, though? Yeah, you aren't. Well, you know, the more you get bald, the more stock you have to place in Freud. Girls being reminded of their father and so forth. Uh, yeah, the bald page is a sign of virility. That's not really true. I looked it up, but um, I like to believe it. Uh, Some people can pull it off very well. Yeah, yeah. I'm not bald yet, dear listener. No, far from it. No, I'm never going bald since you mentioned that. Um, the League of Bald-Headed Men... Yeah, what are some <laughs> maybe he's taking a jab at his fans. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he probably looks into the audience and sees a bunch of bald heads. You know that lyric from? I don't know if you know that lyric from um, "Sun Kill Moon." Uh, Mark Kozlik. He says, uh, "In the '90s, when we had lots of female fans, and fuck, they all were cute. Now I just sign posters for guys in tennis shoes." Guys in tennis shoes. <laughs> That sort of reminds me. That's the League of Bald-Headed Men. That's who went to see Per Ubu the other night. Yeah. It was the League of Bald-Headed Men. Well, I mean, the the band, The Fall, looked like that during their last few incarnations. It's true. And Steve Hanley, the bassist, was always kind of bald, and he thought that Mark was taking a jab at him with his song. It's possible. It is just Smith and Hanley who wrote this one or are credited. But, yeah, apparently he took it personally I mean we didn't talk about the lyrics of the League no of they're, they're quite they are bizarre the first line you know when you end up in some sort of a cinema complex and the person next to you is someone you hate right <laughs> we all know that feeling <laughs> all around all through the walls it suppurates look it up is he saying look up the word suppurates as if one doesn't know what that means. and then Well, what does it mean for the listeners? The, well, it, it's like an oozing wound, isn't it? It's Separating wounds, yeah, yeah. Separating. And then, I mean, there's so many extraordinary non-secretors, you know, and then he goes, I'm immobile, is your house for sale? What <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of references in this your... record, like in this one, Davey just got out of his cell, where have you been this time? Your lives are beyond the pale, which for these, you know, guys in their 30s or 40s whose lives who are getting stale and... Uh, like Paranoid Man and Sheep Shit Room and like... Pop Mongs, male loafers. Male loafers? That could mean a few things. A the great legal ball-headed man, yeah, you get old, your friends are all going bald. Uh, yeah, we all join the League of Bald-Headed Men one way or another. Yeah, British People in Hot Weather. British People in Hot Weather is... I was reminded of that song. That's a masterpiece. <laughs> That's one of his best songs. Uh, there's not enough songs about things like this. Look at this record. Like, at this point, what have we gone through? This record doesn't really make any kind of sense about, like, what type of album this is what kind of band this is what kind of songs he's he's writing to call this post-punk feels stupid 
Well, I mean, nineteen ninety three or whatever, post punk was long gone by then. But that's still what people would call this. Because what else do you call? Well, they wouldn't now. Because when people say post punk now, they're not referring to music from a particular era anymore. They're referring to a style of music, supposedly. So I, I, you know, I tell you, I was I met this girl, and she's in her twenties. She said, "I'm really into post punk," and right. Mark Stewart had just died. I said. Did you yeah. hear Mark Stewart just died? And she said, who's that? Yeah. Well, One to be charitable, she, she might have known who the pop group was, if you said. The but pop, I kind of doubt it. The pop group aren't really considered in the same... Well, I, I saw a girl today at uh, Playita. I was getting a fish taco, and she was wearing a, a This Heat t-shirt. Oh, yeah. Well, they're more, they're more popular now. But, like, still... I, I just had to tell her, nice shirt. Did you? I did. What she, how did she like that? She seemed surprised and grateful. And she smiled at me with a beautiful smile. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Well, wearing a band t-shirt is always going to get comments from somebody. But like a big, black, this heat, deceit, bootleg t-shirt? I was just like, what? That's Well, odd. I very much doubt any such t-shirts were made at the time. This was in Silver Lake, so... Take it with a grain of salt that, you know, it could have been her boyfriend's shirt. Oh, yeah, true. I have been in that position in the past of giving this heat t-shirt to a girl. You gave a girl this heat t-shirt? It didn't fit me. (laughs) But you get it. Internet. Deceit is a total masterpiece of the concept album form. It's like, is it a concept album? Yeah, it's like it's that. it's just like their fully realized uh, song cycle about nuclear war. It's it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, There's not much left. No. no, no, we have a Pass Gone Mad, which is the title of a very good compilation of '90s fall material oh is it yeah uh, it's there's so an, many of those this one is the one that I think is kind of definitive as far as I see it um A Past Gone Mad has uh I don't know when it was released but it's got a lot of great stuff on it um High Tension Line Rose Touch Sensitive The Birmingham School Business School Free Range Lost in Music I'm going to Spain. It's a curse. I got a bit hooked on that free range video recently. It's great. I don't think I've ever seen that. Really? It's wonderful. This is 17 songs. It's very tight. There's not a bad song in the lot. You got F Old and Money. We we need to talk about uh, the Marshall Suite at some point. It's an underrated album. Uh, Bonkers in Phoenix and Bill is Dead are, are the last song. This is a great compilation. 
Listener, I recommend the 2000 release A Past Gone Mad. Uh, it's a great primer for 90s fall music. you never seen the free range video. No. no. They're driving around London in an open top vehicle. All the four and Smith's out front. Uh, but there's some great footage of them performing in it too. Great song. I can't remember how the song A Past Gone Mad goes. Maybe we should play it. It's very synthy. There's a reference to Ian McShane on this song. Ian McShane, the actor? Yeah. In what context? If I ever end up like Ian McShane, slit my throat with a kitchen tool. If I ever end up like you two, slit my throat with a garden vegetable. Wait, wait. He says, if I ever end up like you two, slit my throat with a garden vegetable? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's in the song A Past Gone Mad? Yeah. And what he's, garden he's vegetable ready. can you slit someone's throat with? Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he says, "Why is Peter Gabriel always following us?" This is this goes back to that point that we made early on in these this series, which is just that dissonance of infotainment. Marky Smith is really like the critic as artist in in a big way. You know, he's he's someone with such a loud mouth that. The, the actual artistry of his put-downs over, it eclipsed this, this, the way that the, <laughs> the put-downs stopped even making sense. He just started making art that sort of, from time to time, you notice that the whole thing is just in the service of shitting on artists he thinks are bad. Yeah, like in Glam Racket, he, uh, he badmouths the band Suede. Yeah, it's the glam racket. Yeah. I like these little vocals here. Uh, 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 uh. This song's kind of an epic. Like, it's actually kind of a, a huge song. It's trying to be. Light slash fireworks is the last song. This is just one of those kind of. Well, that's one of their their sort of sound collage songs, like Paper Visit or that one on Grotesque or Crew Filth. Uh, you know that one? What's that? Crew Filth. Oh, Crew Filth. That's another one. And I like that one. Yeah, yeah. There's one on almost every record. Yeah, on almost every fall record, there's a song that is just this jumble of, uh, yeah, the sound collage of. Discordant noise. Bullshit. Yeah. And and there, I want to make a playlist of all of them. Yeah, that'd be great. It would. We should. I I just need some help compiling them because it's uh, hard to figure out which ones are which. But this song is called Light. This song, song loosely is called Light Slash Fireworks. 
It's really just a coda to the album. It really is. I think more records should have a song like this. Yeah, every artist should be. It should be obligatory. You should have to have a song that just was not made in the studio that you, that you, the artist, are solely responsible for using only a tape recorder. Yeah. Like Adele should have a song on each record where it's just like, all right, yeah. you can use the most expensive, you can record an Abbey Road, but you also have to have like one song where you record on a tin can with some string. And <laughs> you got to put it somewhere on the album. You know what my phone, uh, my ringtone is, by the way, right? No. It's one of the only perfect things in my life is that is that ringtone. Uh, it's perfect, and I'll never change it. How many how many perfect things do you require? At least one. So I'm good for a while. <laughs> Perfection is for the imperfect. Let's roll the tweets out. Well, why are people grudgeful? I guess that doesn't appear on another album. But not on the one you have. But it's 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 meant to be on here. It's a great song. We should end with it. I mean, I think that we can count it as part of this record unofficially. Well, very much so. I always assumed it was part of it. Why are people grudgeful? Um, well, how many stars out of three do you give this record, Infotainment Scan? I don't know why you limit it to three. What, what, because it's difficult. <laughs> No, it's not because everything ends up getting three. All right, that's one. it. That's it then. Yes, three. Or two. Don't forget three. two. What gets two? What records have you given two to? I don't remember. Any Dylan records? Yeah, plenty. Really? It, it doesn't matter. You gave Save three. Yes, and I stand by that one. That one's that really panned out for me. I'm really glad I gave Save three because it's it deserves it. And and Infotainment Scan deserves three, I think. I it's agree. a it's a three star fall, but all fall records are get a three. I think we'd establish. No, that. I think I give three some twos and seven one two. Just the books. Joking me. Yeah.